It is 11.07. Glad to have you with us. It's Froster Buns Friday. Brian, can we, uh, if somebody texts uh, or, or emails me, sends me a message from GaryNolan.com, uh, and they clearly haven't listened to the program, uh, can we bill them somehow? Oh, absolutely, yeah. All right, because William sent me a message. You How have his you email, not... right? Because yeah. Because I've got a uh, fine that uh, kind of gets sent back to that email address. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. He said, how do you not know who Ray Epps is? He didn't go in. He works for the feds. <laughs> when we've talked yeah. about Ray Epps on this program and uh, the assertions. So he must have missed that. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said that. Uh, so we have to bill William. That will because. be a $50 fine, so don't be surprised when that shows up in your email. <laughs> yes, the, the click here button. Yes. Just be sure. Uh, all right, so we've got some economic news we're going to cover uh, and uh, some polling data that has uh, just been released. And we'll get to that uh, in the meantime. And I really am uh, tempted to move on. Uh, I hate to do this to all these people, but uh, I'll grab a couple calls. The question was, what's a fair punishment for the people who went into the Capitol uh, that shouldn't have gone in, that knew better? And um, what was their goal? What, what, does, that, does their goal, their intention of being in the building have anything to do with what their punishment should be? Uh, Brian uh, is arguing, uh, hey, they just uh, strolled into the building. They thought it was fine. Uh, they were uh, of the impression it was okay because a couple of cops left a door, uh, held a door open. And uh, I, I'm, I'm arguing the other side of this and saying, well, wait a minute. People were breaking in, busting out windows. Uh, you know, they went into Nancy Pelosi's office. Was that just breaking and entering? Was that just trespassing? Uh, does uh, three years, which is what the guy got for sitting in Mike Pence's chair, seem reasonable? This was all brought about by a, a caller's question. So we'll grab a couple of calls, 874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Then we've got to get to some, all the, uh, some of the other topics that we brought to the table. Louis, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm going to make this quick uh but I did have a question uh, referring back to Peggy's call. The uh, the weapons, what were the weapons that were involved that these uh, insurgents were using? I don't know that they had any weapons. Uh, there was allegedly the Oath Keepers had firearms stashed outside the city in the event it came down to some kind of a shooting war. That's okay. as I understand it. Um, but they never brought them in. And that's huh? an allegation. That's that's an allegation. Then I I don't know that it's an allegation. I I think uh, I think they validated that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So, but I think that's what the case is. Now, now I wonder if a person like Peggy, and I don't mean to, to cite her only. I just happen to remember her call. The points she brought out were they're very intense and they're very strongly felt. I'm sure by a lot of people. But do you think a lot of these feelings that a person in, in her position has are because of these January 6th hearings, which were a one-sided sham? No, I don't think... I, I, would, I would venture a bet that most people listening to this program didn't even bother to watch that sham. I, I mean, that well, uh, those hearings. Okay, well, I appreciate your time. I just think that, you know, I think that they should... Uh, I'm leaning toward Brian. If they didn't do anything, you know, where they hurt somebody else, uh, does the goal? Minimum. Does the goal uh, of, of you know the 
that motivated them to go in play a role in their punishment? I think it does if they can establish, you know, a core, you know, group, an intent, uh, some sort of a plan by a certain individual or group. Yeah, I think so. But so if their plan, individuals. if their goal for going in was to stop Mike Pence, would that make it more than just trespassing? If their goal was to go stop a human in their tracks, whether it be the VP or somebody else, that would be wrong, and then their punishment should be greater. All right. All right, Louie, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Mark, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm doing well. Greetings from the Queen City of the Ozarks. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my feeling is this. I guess if we look at these being insurrectionists, the biggest insurrectionist we ever had would have been President Jefferson Davis. And let's look and see what his punishment was. You know, if I remember right, he was incarcerated for just a little less than two years, or right at two years, and then let go. Was he an yeah, insurrectionist, or did he believe, and I frankly would agree, uh, well, I, I, I disagree with their goal, but, but if... Uh, I believe that this is a union that is voluntary, and I believe that's what the South was arguing, largely in defense of slavery, but also uh, as opposed, uh, also because of uh, tariffs. But that wouldn't be insurrection to say, "Hey, look, we're we're just not going to be a part of this anymore." Well, again, I'm not versed on uh, the law intricacies, but. Didn't we have, uh, about 30 years before that, wasn't it North Carolina wanted to leave the Union, and it went through the courts, and they said that you can't leave the Union. I think Massachusetts wanted to do that also. So from a legal question, I think that was, it went through the courts. When did it do that? I think it was in the 1830s. I I can't remember what it was called, and I'm sorry. That's all right. I, I'll have to look it up because I, I was not aware of that. I thought it was James Calhoun brought that case in. It, it was there were it was it had to do something with uh, cotton tariffs or something, and they wanted to leave. And basically, it went through the courts or it went through a legal process, and they said basically no. And Massachusetts did at one time also. So, right. but I still feel if you don't want to call it insurrectionists, that all called the people there if they are rebellionists because they were rebellion. And we can argue if they were or not, but I think two years would be the uh, the longest they should go because we have a precedent of somebody who I think did, if you will, worse crimes. Obviously, he led a, uh, a nation that uh, fought the United States, be it if he had the legal right or not, to do that. All right. Mark, I appreciate it. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Interesting point of view. I, do, I was not aware that it had gone to court if, for any, uh, uh, at any time prior to 1860. So I'm going to have to go look that up. Because I, I, I do believe that this is a voluntary union uh, and that the states should have the right to secede. Although now it's it's going to be so incredibly complicated because of the size uh, of of the federal government, it would it would be uh, 
it would be just ugly. What a process that would be. Uh, John, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Uh, yes, my buns are still frosted today, Gary. I'm going to agree with the last caller and you that the states could succeed from the union. And Lincoln, I do believe he exceeded his powers when he attacked the Senate. What would we say today if Biden sent troops in to Missouri or Kansas or Iowa or whatever? They would say he's exceeded his power. And I would tend to agree with them. I'm looking at this in two, two aspects of it. If they held the door open and you walk in, just like you walk into a restaurant or whatever, they hold the door open and you're welcomed in. If you're climbing up a balcony and you're going through a broken window, that's somewhat obvious that you are not really welcome. So there's a big difference between the two. And there's also an effect in there that what they call a malicious prosecution, if they exceed the limitations of what you're able to be prosecuted for. Sitting in someone's chair, if the door is open, I don't think would be three years. Don't think it would. And why make one building more special than the others? Is their building more special than your house, Gary? Your house is your castle. This building's a public building. Well, what if, what about trying to overthrow the government? What should the punishment be for that? Is walking through the door and sitting in someone's chair trying to overthrow the government? I didn't ask that. I just said, what would be the punishment for trying to overthrow the government? Um, well, we could go back in history and take a look at that. If they actually went in to try to overthrow the government, I think there's, there's criteria that has to be met. I didn't ask for any. All I want to know is what do you think the punishment should be for trying to overthrow the government? If they actually try to overthrow the government, that's treason. And that's, yeah, that's like the woman said earlier. Pick them up with a bullet, do they had to hang them, whatever. Treason has been well established by the Constitution. And if they were under treasonous act, I think that they would have brought that into play. But apparently they didn't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing that they were guilty of treason. I was just curious to see what you what you thought would be the punishment if if uh, somebody did try to overthrow the government. The, the Constitution is the law of the land. There's no debate about that. So you will. So you will never participate in any attempt to overthrow the government, even if they say we're going to pass a law to take away your guns. We're going to pass a law that says uh, you have to give your house back to the Native Americans. Well, actually, I think that that puts them in that trying to overthrow the government and doing a treasonous act when they're going against the Constitution. So then I don't have to do that. That means that the Constitution and the government, uh, military, whoever, that is supposed to support the Constitution, they're supposed to do their job. I don't have to do it. They do it. We pay them to do the job. They took a note. They took a paycheck. The deal is done. So you think the military should do this? If they accept the vote to support the Constitution, and they accept the paycheck to support the Constitution. What about posse comitatus? Well, Gary, if they took an oath, and they took a paycheck, and they agreed to do the job, then they need to do their job. But isn't posse comitatus to prevent the military from getting engaged in that kind of activity? Well, that would... Oh, man. Yeah, I know. It's a mess. All right. John, you'd be surprised to know I don't disagree with you. Thank you for the call.
Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, 874-9390, the toll-free number is 800-529-5572. All right. Uh, there are some uh, economic indicators we, we really need to be aware of. There's also some polling data you ought to know about. We'll talk about it all on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's, uh, it's 1123. I love how you people can jump to conclusions. It's unbelievable. Got a message from Charlie. It says, sounds like you, Gary, and your girl, Peggy. Who is he, she, who is he referring to? The, uh, the caller? I, I don't know. Sounds like you and your girl, Peggy, want to overlook everything that has occurred up until now with Black Lives Matter and Antifa. So apparently Charlie wasn't listening uh, oh, all the times. You. Huh? That's another fine. Yeah, because he uh, yes. clearly missed everything I've said in the past about Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Once you get to the point where you are adamant about punishing Black Lives Matter and Antifa, who took over parts of a city and called it their own, sounds kind of like real insurgency to me, uh, as you are about punishing people who acted badly on January 6th, then we can talk about trespassing charges for those who are still in jail without bond or without full access to their attorneys in some cases. Just the fact that... Uh, just the fact that... Uh, what? Just the fact that you are discussing the destruction of democracy with an insurgency on January 6th, an insurgency without any real weapons, proves that your biases are inbred and will, chances are, never change with citizens, in quotes, like you and Peggy, who make up some part, then it goes off into, uh, of the U.S. electorate. It is not any wonder that we are fast becoming the world's newest third world dictatorship. Completely ignoring the playing both sides of the issue, completely ignoring everything I've said about Black Lives Matter, uh, and Antifa, uh, he just has <laughs> jumped to the conclusion that, uh, I, I don't even know. <laughs> it's just, people like that are just silly. All right, listen, uh, we've got some economic news. Uh, there is this um, conference board of leading uh, economic index that people are not paying very much attention to, but probably should. Uh, because it's a better indicator of where the economy is going. Uh, the, uh, the, the direction we're headed is a recession. Uh, it fell again in September, and its persistent downward trajectory, they write, in recent months suggests a recession is increasingly likely before the year's end. This is from the senior director of the economics uh, of economics at the conference board. The six-month growth rate for the LEI fell deeper into negative territory in September, and the weakness among the leading indicators were widespread. Among high inflation, slowing labor markets, rising interest rates, and tighter credit conditions. The conference board forecasts real GDP growth will be 1.5% year-over-year in 2022 before slowing further in the first half of next year. Um, so this is just another indicator that the uh, Democrats are leading us, and a little help from the Republicans, I might add, uh, into a recession. 
Uh, the Conference Board Coincident Economic Index is available online. You can take a look at it. Uh, but it really, uh, it, 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 it's an overlooked indicator about the direction that the country is going. And as the Fed aggressively continues to raise interest rates, it practically guarantees that we're going to have a recession. And there is an easy solution to all of this. There really is. The government needs to cut back on its spending. See, all these government institutions that we have created out of whole cloth that are extra constitutional or unconstitutional, all of these people are making money that doesn't produce any goods. They're not making anything except trouble, and they're getting paid, and that money circulates, and that adds to inflation. What the federal government and the Biden administration need to do, and I don't even know if the Republicans would do this, but what they need to do is quit shoveling money out the door that they don't have, whether it's payroll for unconstitutional groups uh, that uh, the federal government has created, uh, or entitlements, whatever it is, it has to stop. Now, if they don't stop it, they keep paying these people uh, for literally not producing anything, then you will have persistent inflation. Only the government can create this, and they have done it masterfully. And the government can undo it. We don't have to keep raising interest rates. We just have to quit. We just have to cut spending. And they're unwilling to do it. And as long as that's the case, then there's only one tool. And that's hiking interest. And that leads you to a roller coaster. So they keep raising the interest, keep raising the interest, keep raising the interest. And eventually you get slammed with a recession. And suddenly the economy goes in the dumper. People are unemployed. Uh, and, of course, the Democrats will want to extend unemployment benefits when that happens. That's just the way they think. So when that happens, then suddenly the Federal Reserve is going to start lowering interest rates. Got to stimulate the economy. So now you're, you know, you're flipping the, the roller coasters on the other side of the hill. The economy is down. We got to build it up. We got to cut the interest rates and back up you go. And you just keep riding this roller coaster. And we've been doing it for decades. And we don't have to. It's, it's this constant reliance on the Federal Reserve and the spending by the federal government that keep us doing these wild swings. And I'm, my fear is these swings are going to get wider and wider. Until eventually the, you know, the, the roller coaster, the, the train comes off the track. And then we're all in trouble. It's time for Democrats in particular, but Republicans as well, to put their foot down and say, we're going to cut spending dramatically. And not the way Biden is doing it, because he's not cutting spending. He's just reducing the increase from a period of time when we were spending wildly. Back with more right after this. This is The Gary Nolan Show. 
It's 11.35. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Terry says, in reality, we overthrow the government every time we vote against the party in power. Problem is, they, both parties, are too often acting in concert against actual citizens. Yeah. Uh, later, uh, later, later, latest polling data. GOP maintains an edge in contest to lead Congress. Uh, more Americans struggling economically than uh, felt that way uh, at uh, the prior midterm election four years ago. Most say President Joe Biden has not been paying attention to their most important concerns as inflation continues to be the top issue in this cycle. According to the latest Monmouth University poll, that is anyway, Republicans continue to hold an edge in preference for congressional control. But they've got uh, this graph that goes back uh, to January. And it's, you should see it. It looks, it, 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 it just, Republicans 50, then 45, then 48, then 47, then 43, then 47, then 49. People are just back and forth. Doesn't seem to matter who's in office, does it? It just, things just don't really change. Frank, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Oh, are you asking for Frank? Yeah, Frank. Hey, man, you kind of switched topics on me there. Hey, can I go back to the one you were doing last hour? Yeah, it's Froster Buns Friday. Okay, well, let's let's get let's dig in. Uh, after the election, November 3rd, there was a... Peaceful protest in November in D.C. There was a peaceful protest in December in D.C., and that gave Antifa, BLM, and some of those other people an opportunity to organize and say, we're going to the next protest, and we're going to lure or entice Trump supporters to go into the building. And I actually have video of two Antifa FBI women who had telescoping lenses on their cameras, and they were exiting the, uh, they were actually walking across an open space at the Capitol, and my friend videotaped them. Could you send that to me? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ask my friend to write it down. Can you write uh, write his email down? Or something. Go ahead and give me that email. G. Nolan, N-O-L-A-N, at... ZRGmail.com. Like Zimmer Radio Group. ZRGmail.com. Okay, and I'd like to talk to you off air about some of this because there's too much to talk to you about now. All right. Frank, uh, go ahead and send that to me and we'll go from there, okay? And I'll send you my contact. All right. Appreciate it. Frank, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, David, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Hey, uh, Gary, I was uh, kind of in Brian's corner about the um, about the uh, incident where you're talking about the guy getting uh, three years. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. Three years for sitting in uh, Pence's seat. Um, there's a lot of unanswered questions about that. I mean, uh, there was I was listening to talk radio about three months ago, and there's a guy who's written a book on this, and I think Molly Hemingway has talked about this as well. But there was fourteen thousand hours of video. 14,000 hours of video that the FBI will not release and allow to be seen. And so to answer your question, if if the guy got due process, because, you know, there's multiple, multiple uh, stories of 
some of these individuals be in solitary confinement and not getting their due process. If he got mm-hmm. due process, then I would be okay with that. But my concern is I don't think they're uh, getting due process. And we've we've heard of individuals that were actually, like the Proud Boys, you mentioned the Oath Keepers earlier, there were individuals that were there to incite riots, and there were individuals there that were armed. But I was flipping channels. I watched that. I was flipping channels, and I was happened to see on CNN about an hour or two into it. And they had on the cryon below, they were calling it an insurrection, but they showed the video of these individuals walking single file through that rope and the poles, you know, it's like that purple velour. It was like they were uh, guided on a tour, like when you go on a tour of the Capitol, and they're walking through their single file and they're calling it an insurrection. And of course, the media has used terms like treason, armed insurrection. I've even heard them say coup attempt. So I'm not going to buy into what the media tells me. Mm-hmm. If they're getting due process, uh, I, I think three years, here, here's the thing I was trying to get across. Some of them there were with the intent to overthrow the government, but some got caught up in it. And I believe if, if they got caught up in it and they just peacefully went in there and didn't cause any problems, I don't know that they be, should be seen in three years. I mean, there's a video, Brian was talking earlier, there's multiple videos of the Capitol Police opening the doors and letting them in. Yeah, he said well. earlier, what if they were overwhelmed? But I don't know if they're overwhelmed, they open the door and let them in. Go ahead. All right. Uh, clearly, I have to make this. Uh, I have to make an announcement because people are are not getting it. In order to have a discussion about this, you have to present both sides of the issue. I opened up with a question to Brian. I saw what side he was taking, so it's then incumbent upon me to try to make the opposite case so that listeners get an idea on both sides. Unfortunately, several listeners are have decided that my position is not based on just starting a conversation, but that that's where I stand. Um, And I don't think, and I want this to be clearly understood, that I don't think everybody deserved to get three years in prison. Uh, I do think these people are being abused uh, while waiting uh, waiting for their time uh, in court. Uh, I think there's all kinds of abuse going on here. But my job was to stimulate a conversation, and in order to do that, I had to present the other side. All right. Yes, I'm sorry if I came across that. No, 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 you uh, actually didn't. I told my wife in the past that you play devil's advocate, which I appreciate. I like that you always want to stimulate that conversation by taking the opposite side. So I didn't mean to come across that way. If I could say one last thing real quick. Yeah. Uh, There were 75 million voters that voted for Trump, or or, uh, somewhere around that range, 75 million, whatever. But there were 100,000 that showed up at the National Mall on January 6th to hear Trump's speech. There were 3,000, according to the news reports at the time, there were 3,000 that went to the Capitol. Of those 3,000, around four or 500 were charged. And yet the media, and I know you know this, I just want to get this out, the media tries to portray that four or 500 people represent the 75 million and that we're all insurrectionists, and obviously we're not. But just don't buy into what the media, they don't tell you about the 75 million or 100,000 at the National Mall or 3,000 at the Capitol, down to four or 500 people. Uh, that's all I had. And all right. yes, I, I just knew you were being devil's advocate. I didn't mean to come across that no, way. No, you didn't, David. You actually didn't. It's just that others, I'm getting messages at GaryNolan.com, and they're clearly they're not getting it. They don't like you anymore. Yeah, suddenly they're angry. <laughs> All right. David, thank you. Thanks. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, and by the way, I will continue to do that because it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, let's get Bill on the line. Bill, welcome. How are you? Good, Gary. Uh, Eric Smith was on... Wednesday on uh, Wake Up Mid Mo, and he was asked about 
selling Missouri land to China or su- supporting a bill. And he immediately, immediately started attacking uh, Bush and uh, never did explain anything about selling land to China. <laughs> I was wondering if you could clear anything up about that because uh, I would rather have a Republican in office, but I'm not sure. All right. Uh, I'm not sure either. Uh, I know that China has been buying up farmland. Uh, uh, usually it's very close to our military bases. I don't trust it, um, uh, but I don't know all the details. I assume that the federal government is watching this closely. But apparently um, Eric signed something that allowed them to buy it, and I was just curious. He wouldn't answer the question. All right, thank thank you, Gary. All right, Bill, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390, toll-free number 800-529-5572. It is Froster Buns Friday. We're coming back to wrap it up. What was that show he was listening to, Brian? Uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. That's the one that you can never remember. Where? Is he some guy? I don't know. Is there a regular host for that show? I think it is, but I can't remember his name. Uh, He's... (laughs) Yeah. So, well, I don't know. He's banging on the door right now. Is he? Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 10 minutes to noon. 10 to 12. Um, and if you're listening uh, in the East Coast, it's uh, 10 to 1. Uh, anyway, uh, 874-9390, toll free. It's 800-529-5572. Been a fun Froster Buns Friday. Uh, a couple things to wrap it up. Brian, can we play uh, Bill Maher's Awakening uh, to the point where the expletive comes yes, out? Yes, we can. I can only play like a minute of it. Then we have to stop it because he comes into the F-bombs. Yes. But let me cue that up. And, All right. Uh, uh, well, it is, um, you know, you wonder if somewhere down the line, Maher actually really, really wakes up. But Bill Maher uh, was talking about uh, the pandemic and everything that's gone on. And his uh, his awakening uh, could be a, a real good sign. Uh, it could be a real good sign if he continues to become aware, uh, cognizant, if he's perspicacious enough. Uh, maybe he won't be the progressive that he's been all this time. Uh, in the meantime, I'll grab... Uh, is that a Froster Buns call? Yes, it is. All uh-huh. right. I'll take that one first. Paul, welcome. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, first first off, uh, uh, thanks for all you do. Appreciate that. Um, a little more information on the Eric Schmidt China thing. Yeah. Um, it's Of course, it's never like the ads say. Um, there was a 2011 bill that Schmidt sponsored that would allow for a hub at Lambert Airport for Chinese for Chinese airlines to fly into. Okay? Right. So that's that's one part of it. The other is about the farmlands. He uh, he uh, voted for a bill that would cap at one percent the amount of one uh, percent of uh, Missouri's total agricultural acreage that a foreign country could own. And at the time, though, foreign countries could not own any Missouri land. So, yes, it does allow for a foreign country to purchase it. It wasn't China. It was just 
one percent of Missouri's total acre acreage. Canada could buy it. Could France could buy it. Absolutely, anybody could buy it. Any other foreign country. So they're throwing the China thing in there to go along with the hub in St. Louis, which was a 2011 bill. The other one was a 2013 bill. So you just got to do a little research and you can figure out what the ads say. And, you know, they go both ways. Republicans do the same thing. Democrats do the same thing. But that's where it's at. That's what's going on with that. All right. Paul, it helps your caller out. I, th I think you did. I think you did a great service there. Paul, thank you. Sure thing. All right. Thanks, appreciate Gary. it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You know, it, it, it is just that kind of confusion that the political parties uh, try to uh, foment. Uh, and it's a shame that they can't be honest. It's, it's a shame that there isn't an honest information broker where people can go and go, okay, so that was a lie, that was an exaggeration, that's true. There should be a market for that. There was a time when you you thought the news media would do that, but they don't, and it's a shame because that's really their job. It's really their job. Bill Maher been a raging leftist for as long as I've known. Uh, I don't know him, but as long as I've uh, uh, watched and listened, and he's lately been coming out and making some statements that I'm sure his, his you know progressive, more progressive uh, fans don't particularly care for. But he made an observation about the pandemic that I thought was, you know, a sign, uh, perhaps, added with everything else, that there is an awakening here. Here's what he said, or part of it anyway. Now we're getting some information after a while. We have time to find out just how bad the collateral damage has been. Uh, here's just a few cases. The pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading. See, right away, I got to say, this pisses me off. I see these headlines all the time. The pandemic didn't do that. The way we handled the pandemic did that. The pandemic was certainly was a thing. But let's not just say the pandemic, because it was not written in stone that we had to handle it the way we did. Uh, act scores are the lowest in 30 years. Um, anxiety and depression way up. The body mass index uh, increased doubled for kids 2 to 19. Drug overdose, overdose deaths. Murders way up. Inflation at a 40-year high. Domestic violence increased. Um, oh, and my favorite, car crashes. They couldn't figure this out. Like, way, way, way up. And finally, the... Ec I love right, and then so, we had to cut it yeah, off. Yeah, that's, that's where the expletives come in. It's, it's the way we handle it. It's the government. He's actually beginning to recognize that the government is responsible for the way everything was handled. Now, if I could just get the other progressives in the world to start recognizing how awful the government is and how troublesome they are, who knows? The republic might get on the right, on the right track. Well, the government has to step in and do the right thing. Why? Well, because, because you're, you're too stupid. stupid. Yes, that's their belief. And that's how we ended up with government the size that we do. They have literally convinced the world that everybody is just too stupid. And without them interfering, why, the world would fall apart. One wonders how we survived from the 1800s uh, uh, through the last century. Unbelievable. 
let's see. Eric says, uh, Gary, great show. I have found thoughts on the range of punishment for the January 6th. Interesting to say the least. Uh, what, I, uh, what would I say uh, is whatever comes out of the sentences, it'll be a precedent for future issues. Um, all right, let me go on here. Dwayne says, Gary, you know what frosts my buns? All those countries holding United States citizens in jail for their tweets or something uh, that they said online. It used to be if you were a United States citizen or foreign, in a, foreign, uh, a foreign country wouldn't touch you. Their ass was grass and the United States was the lawnmower. Well, we, we were the economic driver of the world. We were the, you know, the, the powerhouse that drove the market economy because we were free and nobody wanted to irritate us. But of course, thanks to the progressives, we are no longer in that position. So, all right. Uh, I wanted to get to Elon Musk. He plans to fire 75% of Twitter staff based on what I've seen on Twitter. I think that's a good move. By the way, Twitter is not a particularly profitable organization. They're not a particularly well-run group. He almost has to, if he's taking them over, fire a majority of them to cut the overhead. Because they're just not the money makers that, that uh, you, know, you, you think they are. I actually think that if he literally makes them apolitical, that they could turn a profit. I, and if anybody could do it, I'm, I'm guessing Eli Musk could. Musk could. I don't have a lot of time to go into it, but he does, they say, plan to fire 75% of the Twitter staff if, in fact, he takes over Twitter. Good for him. Final story, we don't have time to go into great detail, but Kroger's and Albertsons, and I think Gerbs is a, a part of uh, Kroger's uh, chain right now, but apparently they are looking at buying up Albertsons, and there's an antitrust review um, because the government thinks somehow that they should be the arbiters of what corporations can expand and how. They shouldn't. They should be allowed to merge no matter what. Because there is always going to be competition, even if they create it by abusing their customer base. Tomorrow morning, wake up uh, Wake up with Gary on guns. we got to run whatever it is in life that you want. Go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Buddy, I'm coming home.